The poor people of Loreto in Baja California have been hit hard by the COVID-19 virus shutdown, and they need food. Friendship with God is delivering food directly to their homes. Go to www.friendshipwithgod.org and look for the Loreto Need banner to donate or call 619-599-1104. God bless you. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Well, couldn't have a better prayer than that tonight, huh? Open my heart, illumine me. And Spirit Divine, that's the prayer, that's our prayer tonight as we come to the Lord's Word and consider this topic of standing with Israel. Let's pray. Lord, we pray to you tonight with the marvelous name that you have, we call on you, the God of Israel. Lord, as that uh, name that you have chosen for yourself just sinks into our souls tonight, we pray, Lord, that we might come as we have just sung to have open hearts, open eyes, that you might illumine us as to something of what you meant when you called yourself the God of Israel. Amen. Please turn in your Bibles to uh, Zechariah chapter 8, verse 23. Zechariah 8, 23. It's over there in that part of the Bible that's hard to find things. <laughs> but it was there yesterday, so it's going to be there today. So Zechariah 8.23, okay, flip around and watch the headings on the top of the page until you see Zechariah. There it is. Zechariah 8.23. Marvelous passage here. Last <coughs> verse in this chapter, chapter 8 here, Zechariah 8.23. Here we go. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, in those days it shall come to pass that ten men shall take hold out of all languages of the nations, even shall take hold of the skirt of him that is a Jew, saying, we will go with you, for we have heard that God is with you. Well, here we are. Right now, it is May 14th, 2018 in Israel. That's what it is right now, because they're 10 hours ahead of us. Which is the 70th anniversary date, as Jason was saying, for the birth of the state of Israel. What a day, what a day that was when they gathered together in all places, the YMCA, and the YMCA there, and they declared Israel is a nation. That was an absolute momentous day, biblically speaking. And it's significant, it's significant because of what the Lord Jesus said, and I don't wanna set a date because other people, I'll just leave that for other people to do. 
But I don't want to set a date, but you just got to wonder when you read in Mark chapter 13, verse 26, Mark 13, 26, what the Lord said. He said, then shall they see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. Then shall he send his angels and shall gather together his elect from the four winds from the uttermost part of the earth to the uttermost part of heaven. Now that's quite something that's gonna happen that he was talking about here. It says you're gonna, you're gonna see the Lord coming back in the, pow, in, in the clouds with power and glory and, and angels and gathering together, the believers together. And then he says in verse 28 there, learn the parable of the fig tree. He's giving us a parable. And he says, here's what he says about the parable. He says, when her branch is yet tender and putteth forth leaves, and we've all seen that with a fig tree, that the fig tree just, as it loses its leaves and then it just begins to put forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So ye in like manner, when you see those things come to pass, know that it is nigh even at the doors. Now, many Bible scholars say, and who am I to argue with them, that the putting forth of the leaves of the fig tree was this May 14th, 1948 date. When Israel came back together, the Jewish people came back together like the dry bones before the spirit is blown on them, but the dry bones stood up and became a nation. That's what most, many, many, many people believe. Then he says in verse 30, verily, verily, verily I say unto you that this generation shall not pass till all these things be done. Well, if that's true, that the putting forth of the leaves of the fig tree means the birth of the state of Israel in 1948, that was 70 years ago. And if those alive at that time would not pass till the Lord returned, they'd be over 70 years old today. And how long does a person live? Anyway, these are, there's a lot of suppositions in that statement, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, anyway. So it makes you wonder, though. But today, we get back to our subject. Today, there are many who have decided to abandon loyalty to Israel. And someday, I guarantee you, someday we're gonna look back and we're gonna say about ourselves, on Israel's 70th anniversary day, I stood with Israel. And that's gonna be great. But then we have to ask the question, what does this mean? I mean, it's, a, it, it's the title of our theme tonight, I Stand With Israel. What does it mean? What does it mean, I stand with Israel? Now, in order to answer that question, let's consider different people, different groups of people, and see what they each mean when they say, I stand with Israel. When an Israeli says, I stand with Israel, it's very clear. He's saying, Israel is my country. He's saying, I spent three years in the Israel Defense Force, the IDF, and all my friends did, the girls and the guys spent years in the IDF. Some of my friends were killed in the service of the IDF. I love my country. I'm willing to lay down my life for my country to defend my country, Israel. So when I say I stand with Israel, I mean I stand with my country. That's what the Israelis would say. That's what the Israelis would say if you asked them, what does it mean to you, I stand with Israel? But then there are others who are not Israeli. They're not even Jewish, but yet they also have a position where they say, I stand with Israel. What do they mean? They mean, I love peace. I love fairness in the world. 
And they've gone to the Holocaust museums and the museums of intolerance, and, and maybe they've even actually visited concentration camps in, in Germany and Poland. And when they say, I stand with Israel, they mean they're standing with an ancient people who have been persecuted for many years, and now they are standing with Israel. And by doing that, they're saying, I am joining my voice in the chant, never again, never again. Now, so for them, standing with Israel means to stand against hatred, against prejudice. So it was, was so exemplified by the Nazi Germany, Nazi Germany who tried to exterminate the Jews. Now, that's another group. Now there's a group who are Jewish, who are Jewish. We have a few of them here in the States. And when they say, I stand with Israel, they're saying, for example, if they're American, they're saying, I'm an American Jew. And I recognize Israel as the Jewish state, as the Jewish homeland. And I see that as it goes with Israel, so it will go with all Jews. So as an American, as an American Jew, I give money to Israel. I send letters to my, my congressmen. I try to, to, to elect congresspeople who support Israel. When I, so when I say I stand with Israel, it's a statement, I stand for the support of all Jews in the world. That's that group. And then there are Bible believers. There are Bible believers. And Bible believers have a different meaning when they say I stand with Israel. They're saying I believe the Bible. I believe the Bible, and the Bible teaches that the Jewish people are God's people. It reminds me of when, during the Six-Day War in 1967, I was in, in Switzerland at that time, being, being a model student and very obedient. <laughs> not really. Any of you know my testimonies? No, that's not right. But anyway, I was over there, and there was a couple other Jewish kids in this school besides me, and, 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 but there were many Iranians, many Muslim Iranians, who were my best friends, uh, <clears throat> because that was the time during the Shah. Anyway, uh, there was an Israeli over there, and he was in high school with us, and he had to fly back to Israel to fight, to fight in the Six-Day War. Our teachers were North Africans from Libya and Tunisia, and all they talked about how wonderful it was gonna be to slit the throats of the Jews. So it made for a very uncomfortable situation when you're in class with them. But anyway, um, now, during that time, it was very critical for Israel whether or not they were going to survive. And they desperately needed arms and supplies from the U.S. And Golda Meir was begging President Nixon to send the arms, send the arms. And it got down to a point, and Nixon wasn't willing to send the arms. He was not going to send the arms until he got a phone call from his mother <laughs> on Mother's Day. <laughs> and his mother said, Dickie, you remember what you were taught in Sunday school. And that's what did it for him. That's why he sent the arms over there. So this is the group I want to talk about that the Bible believers, when they say I stand with Israel, they are saying I believe the Bible, the Bible teaches that the Jewish people are God's people, the Bible teaches that God said that he would bless those who bless the Jewish people and curse those who would curse the Jewish people and to be cursed by God is not a good thing and mama didn't raise any fools. So I mean, I wanna be blessed by God, not, not cursed by God. And so when I say that I stand with Israel, it means I wanna I want be blessed by God. Now this, these are just some of the major groups 
and what they would mean when they each say, I stand with Israel. But I wanted to give you tonight a deeper biblical meaning of what it means for Bible believers to say, I stand with Israel. And in order to see this deeper meaning, we have to go back to the, of, of I stand with Israel, we gotta go back to the essential promises that God made to Abraham when he first spoke to Abraham in Genesis 12, verse one. Genesis 12, verse one, actually, he had spoken to Abraham before, we just don't have the text of that, but it says that he had called him out of Ur of the Chaldees. But here God is speaking, which we can read in Genesis 12, verse one, in Genesis 12, verse one, and this is where we, we get a reference to something that happened earlier when it says, now the Lord had said unto Abram, get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto land that I will show thee. And here comes the promises. I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing, and I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. These are the essential promises that God made. He started off, he said, I will make of thee a great nation. Abraham and Sarah, they were very old. Sarah was past childbearing age. They had no children. This was a great headache, a great heartache, really, to the couple. But that did not stop God from promising to Abraham that he was gonna become a great nation. That was God's promise of growth to his family and the ongoing generations. Abraham's first name was Abram, which means exalted father or high father. And God changed his name to Abraham, which means a father of a large number of people, a father of a, of a multitude. Now, that was God's first promise. Then God made a second promise. I will bless thee. I will bless thee. God promises to bless Abraham. And God had called Abraham to leave his country, to leave his people, to leave his family, and go to a place that only God knew where Abraham was gonna go. But at that same time that God called Abraham to leave it all, turn his back on it all, God promised Abraham that he was going to bless Abraham. And there was a time in Abraham's life when he was afraid. There was several times in Abraham's life when he was afraid for his safety, and he also was afraid for whether he was gonna have possessions or not. And God came to him and comforted Abraham and said to him a tremendous promise in Genesis 15.1, Genesis 15.1, where it says, where God said, fear not, Abram. I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. So then, then came another promise, another promise, not one where God was gonna bless Abraham, but where Abraham is thou shalt be a blessing. That Abraham now is, is going to be a blessing to others. Now at first you can just imagine Abraham sitting there saying, how could an old man that has no children be a father of many? But God promised to, to, that to Abraham that that was all he needed that, that he had the promise of God, and that was enough for Abraham rejoice in his future that he was gonna be a father of many people. And he must have wanted, he must have wondered, Abraham must have wondered, how can a person who really has nothing and who has left everything behind be a blessing to others? I barely have enough to sustain myself. But God promised that to Abraham, and that was all Abraham needed to rejoice in the fact that in the future, he was gonna be a blessing to others. And then God made this promise. He said, in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. 
So God has promised Abraham that he's gonna be a blessing to all families of the earth. And there again, Abraham must have wondered, how can a person in a lonely desert corner be, uh, of the world be a blessing to all the families of the earth? But God promised that to Abraham. That's all Abraham needed to, to rejoice in God and that he was gonna be a blessing to all the families of the earth. And then God made a land promise. He made a promise of land to Abraham in Genesis 12, 7. In Genesis 12, 7, the Lord appeared unto Abram and said, unto thy seed will I give this land. And unto, so that's another promise. Unto thy seed will I give this land. That was God's promise to give Abraham the, the land of Canaan. And here again, Abraham must have wondered, I don't own any land in this land of Canaan where I'm a stranger. How should my seed possess this land? But it didn't matter. That was all God, that was all Abraham needed was God's promise that he was gonna have that land and he rejoiced in the fact that he was gonna have that land. These were the many promises that God made to Abraham. And all these promises were unconditional. That means that it depended on nothing for them. In none of those promises was it said, Abraham, if, then. That wasn't, the if wasn't there. If, Abraham, you obey me, then I'll fulfill my promises to you. God did not say, if Abraham's descendants obey me, then I'll fulfill my promises to Abraham's descendants. He's, God said, no conditions, zero, nothing. There was nothing there. Not, one of those promises that God made had a condition attached to it. But one of those promises that stood out to God among the many was one that you can see when God was actually speaking to God. And in other words, members of the Godhead were speaking to, God, to each other. In Genesis 18, 17, Genesis 18, 17, and when it says here, the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham the thing which I do, seeing that Abraham shall become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. That was the promise that stood out above all. All the nations of the earth would be blessed in him. That was the main goal, that was the purpose that God had in his mind with all these promises to Abraham, to make Abraham's seed a blessing to all nations and all the families of the earth. Now, what happened here, since that's the main promise there of the blessing of the world through the seed of Abraham, one day there was a terrible famine in the land and Abraham's son, Isaac, has a vision of the Lord. And he sees the Lord in Genesis 26.3. In Genesis 26.3, this is Isaac, and the Lord says to him in Genesis 26.3, sojourn in this land, and I will be with thee and bless thee, for unto thee and unto thy seed I will give all these countries, and I will perform the oath which I swear unto Abraham thy father. And I will make thy seed to multiply as the stars of heaven and will give unto thy seed all these countries. And here's the oath. And in thee and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. There's a repetition here. Now with that statement, with that vision, the great promise now passes on from Abraham to Isaac as God tells Isaac that He's going to perform the oath that he swore to Abraham and he specifically calls out, as he did when he was in Genesis 18, in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. So there's Isaac. He's living as a stranger in Canaan. Isaac's a timid fellow. 
He's not up for confrontation. You know, when, when, when there gets to be heated arguments, Isaac says, oh, I'd rather go have lunch instead. And every time it came to the, the time when they, they destroyed his father's wells, they put dirt in it, they stole them, Isaac just moved on and says, it's okay, it's okay, we'll dig another well, there's a lot of water down there. Because that's Isaac, he's a timid person, yet God said that Isaac's seed would be great and he would bless all the nations of the earth. So God renewed his promise to Isaac, it was unconditional, and as a matter of fact, God said that the fulfillment of these promises was a matter of God keeping his word that he had made to Abraham. Well, and then came Isaac's son, and came Isaac's son, Jacob, who had cheated his brother from his birthright, he had deceived his father, his brother wanted to kill him, apart from that, he had a wonderful childhood. <laughs> and then there was Jacob on that night, that very lonely night, when he was a fugitive, he was running from his, 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 his home, only had the clothes on his back, he was trying, running away to escape from Esau, who had vowed to kill him, and that night, Jacob was forced to sleep, he was forced to stop from his running in the desert because it got dark, and he was very vulnerable to be destroyed by wild animals, and, there were, and he just wanted some comfort for that night, you know, like a nice pillow, and so there he makes himself a pillow out of stones, out of rocks, a pathetic pillow, the most pathetic pillow in the Bible. And he falls asleep on this pillow, and he has a dream, something had happened to him, he sees this dream and he sees God. He sees God in this dream in Genesis 28, 12. Genesis 28, 12 describes this remarkable dream. It says, he dreamed and behold a ladder set up on the earth and the top of it reached to heaven and behold the angels of God ascending and descending on it. And behold the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham thy father and the God of Isaac, the land whereon thou liest. To thee will I give it to thy seed. To thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and thou shalt spread abroad to the west, to the east, to the north, to the south. And in thee and in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. That's again the repetition there. A, Jacob sees the ladder. He sees the angels going up and down. He hears God identify himself as the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac, his father, and he says the promise that he had said to Abraham that he had passed on to Isaac, and now he passes it on to Jacob. In thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. So with that statement, with those words, the great promise is now passed on to Jacob. It's now passed on to Jacob. Comes a night in Jacob's life, a most momentous night, which his whole life was changed in Genesis 32. That was another night when Jacob then wrestles with God all night long. God puts Jacob's hip joint out, hip out of joint. Jacob cries to God. He says, I won't let you go unless you bless me. And with that, with that cry, God says, what's your name? Well, he didn't forget his name. He knew his name. He says, what's your name? He says, Jacob, no more. He says, no more. He says, now you will now be called Israel because you are as a prince, you have power with God. That change in his name put the unconditional promise now passing on to the same person who is now called Israel, Israel. And then when another famine comes to the land, to the sons of Jacob, and they were sent by Jacob down into Egypt to go get food so they can survive. And now we have with that description there in Genesis 42.5, Genesis 42.5, 
It, we have a term for the sons of Jacob that has never been used before. First time when it says, and the sons of Israel came to buy corn among those that came for the families in the land of Canaan. So with this new name now, this unconditional promise of God to bless the earth is now passed on from the man named Israel to his sons, now known as the sons of Israel. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711-330, Santee, California. Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Poor people of Loreto in Baja California have been hit hard by the COVID-19 virus shutdown, and they need food. Friendship with God is delivering food directly to their homes. Go to www.friendshipwithgod.org and look for the Loreto Need banner to donate or call 619-599-1104. God bless you. <laughs> 